0: I'm starting a series today on elements of the believer's prayer life. And I'm using the book here, Kenneth, again, and of course I'm going to add other things. Elements of the believer's prayer life. I was meditating on this as I was going to share it. That sometimes people, can, can we have one of the MCs on there? Sometimes people can get into a religious mode when it comes to prayer. Where even if our prayers are not working, we don't back up and check why they're not working. Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons, thank you so much, that God has given us because it is through prayer where we invite God to intervene in the affairs of the world. Because as you know, God is not ruling this world. I wanted it to hit you like that. And I'm glad they did. God's not ruling in this world. Because we already know from 2 Corinthians 4 that the devil is the God of this world. It says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who believe not. But it's not God with a capital G. It's God with a small g. Satan is ruling this world. And God can only have control to the extent that we as believers give him that rule. Or God can have rulership in the world to the extent that we as believers exercise our authority. Now, there are things that God will do sovereignly. He's God. God will do what he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. But the sovereign part of God is very limited when it comes to the planet Earth. As a result, when you read the Bible and you read about all renewals, revivals, outpourings, whatever term you want to call. All the renewals, all the revivals, all the visitations, all the outpourings of the Spirit came as a response to people praying. It was men and women who took time to pray and seek God and ask God. And they did so oftentimes for weeks and months and years. And sometimes the manifestation of their prayer didn't come at that time they prayed. It came years later. Because when God put Adam and Eve on the planet Earth and gave them dominion and authority, God did not retract that. He put them in the garden. He said to them, I give you dominion, authority and power to rule, to govern. In fact, when you read Psalms chapter 8, which Jesus quoted later on when he was preaching, Oh Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth! And he says, what is man? That you are mindful of him. And the son of man that you visit him. It says you've crowned him with glory and honor. And you have given him authority and power. And you have made him a ruler on the earth. And so when Jesus spoke to the people of his day, he asked them the question, don't you know that you are God's? He was quoting what David says. Also not God with a capital G, but God with a small g. God in the sense of a ruler. God in the sense of someone who has authority. God put man on the earth to have authority, rulership, power, governance. In the words that God spoke to Adam, he says, keep the garden. Look after the garden and keep the intruder out. Take care of the garden. Don't be passive. Be active. Don't be a spectator. Be a participator. Don't be a follower. Be an initiator. Don't be passive. Get into the act. Rule. Govern. Have authority. Expand your influence. Grow what you have. Keep the intruder out. Be on guard. I give you authority. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave that authority into the hands of the devil. That's why when the devil was tempting Jesus, he said to Jesus, Bow down before me. If you bow down before me, I will give you all these kingdoms. For they have been given to me. Who gave him the kingdoms? It was Adam. Oh, yeah. So Adam gave him the kingdoms. And, 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 and Satan knew that the reason Jesus came was of course to die on the cross, to save us, but to also get back what he stole from us. And he knew it is through the cross that he would destroy him. It is through the cross that he would paralyze him. It is through the cross that he would take away from him the keys of hell, death and the grave. And he didn't want him to go to the cross. He wanted him to have a shortcut. He said, just, if you just bow, I know you came for it. Just bow. Jesus is icon. I'm not bowing. I only bow to the Lord my God. I only worship the Lord my God. I won't worship you. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he destroyed principalities and powers and made an open show over them, triumphing over them in it, the book of Philippians says. And so when he meets the disciples, he says to them, All power! Has been given unto me. Go ye therefore. Oh, Allah, Allah, Allah. He, he says, All power, all authority, the keys of hell, death, and the grave. I have I have gotten them back when I beat the devil on the cross, and he says, Here I am giving them to you. I'm giving them to you. Go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whosoever believeth on me shall be saved. Whosoever doesn't believe on me shall be damned. Go ye and preach the gospel to all the world baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Go and lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Go and do it in my name. Because now you have the authority, you have the power. So through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus on the cross, the authority was taken back to Jesus and Jesus gives it back to the church. And so it's the church when it exercises its authority, its power. It's the church when it knows who it is, what it is, what it can do, what it has, how far it can go. It's the church. Oh my goodness, it's the church. It's the church. It's the church. I said, it's the church. I said, it's the church, it's the church. Jesus says, whatever you will bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you will loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they will ask of my father in heaven, it shall be done unto you. Can I hear an amen in the house? So here we are, we are in a world ruled by Satan dominated by satan and now we have gotten back the mandate that adam and eve got you've got the authority you've got the power go into all the world push back the frontiers of darkness wherever you go wherever you occupy whatever you possess you bring the kingdom there us go live as children of light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Even if you are in the midst of what is crooked and what is perverse and everything around you is dark when you come you bring the light. The problem is we don't know who we are. We don't know the power and the authority that we have. We don't know. We play around with it. We joke around with it. We are a passive people. We live like we are at the mercy of the devil. We're talking about the devil all the time. We're talking about what the devil does all the time. Instead of talking about what God can do through us. Jesus said, in my name, in my name, you will cast out devils. In my name, you will speak in new tongues. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. He says, ask anything in my name. Now do it for you. Now we are like Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden with authority and power. But the devil is more afraid of you. We were talking with uh, Apostle George Ryland. Some of you may know him, some of you may not know him. We've reconnected with him after many years. And uh, he was telling me about... uh, one of the members of his church who had a, somebody who was into some f- foreign, some funny spirits who were living with them. And, and this person was actually mocking this guy to say, you talk about Jesus, we go under the water. Now those things are correct. He says, we, we go, we go under water. We go into the seas, under the rivers. We, we, we deal with the spirits there. You think you you think you are something. Get our watch. And he didn't mind. And this guy had an encounter with God in his life. And he started praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> praying in his house, praying, praying. One day when, when, when he came home, he found this person who was staying in the house or they were renting a room. They had taken all their stuff, standing outside. And the guy said, what's up? He said, I couldn't enter in there. Kunandi lulaya. Can you interpret to your neighbor what that is? <laughs> I remember one of one of our church members many years ago, their mother also had gone through that same experience of going underwater. And and the mother. In discussion with him, was angry with him. He said, "Luna, your church." She said, "We we are a, we work we work at night we we move at night we go into churches into houses we S A A we fly." <laughs> I tell you, literally she 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 didn't hide. She said, "But." But, but there are places we can't enter. <laughs> she said, wherever there are truly born-again Christians who live for God. Isn't Lunawapilangmabata? Or for our international audience in Oslo. Uh, 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 sorry. I just spoke in my local language. I'm talking about people who don't live for God. When I said "mabata," it's—I uh, don't know—it's they don't live for God. <laughs> no, that's all it means. But not only that; those who are spirit-filled, but they are on fire for God. You, 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 Pastor, you, you see, you see the prayer that we did just now when we started. We didn't do much of it. It was just a little bit. Is it that kind of prayer? is it yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, should we, should we, should we? no, 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 no. No, this half-hearted, dead passive way of praying. No, no, no. I'm talking about it's a, and we're going to be talking about that. A a spirit-led, spirit-inspired, passionate, vuvuzeling, heart praying. I tell you, where you not only are you praying, it's like you are being carried by the spirit. And this person said, those churches, including your church, we can't enter. He wanted to know, he said, why? He said, because there's a, there's a fire. Literally, there's a fire. On the day of Pentecost, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, they appeared... Cloven tongues as of fire and it's set upon each one of them. The Holy Spirit, that's what Jesus said. He says, that's what John the Baptist said. He says, I I baptize you with water unto repentance, but but he who comes after me is greater than me. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. (laughs) There's fire and that fire the devil cannot penetrate it is the same fire that was escorting the children of israel in the wilderness it was a pillar of cloud by day it was a pillar of fire by night can i hear an amen it was the same fire that fell upon the sacrifice of the prophet when he called fire from heaven can i hear an amen amen It's the same fire that the prophet saw when he saw God. He said, I could see him in the form of a man. He is fire from his heart to his toes. It's the same fire that Moses saw in the wilderness when he saw a tree being on fire, burning but not consumed. Oh, that is you. You are burning but not consumed. If you live in the purity of the gospel, don't walk around in sin. And if you're not a dead passive Christian, but you're an active Christian who prays, reads the word, and exercises the authority, you have authority. I said, You have authority is authority exercised? How does a king exercise authority? A king exercises authority through words. <laughs> <laughs> a king just sits and speaks. And it happens. You remember the children? He said, I'm a man under authority. What do I do because I'm a man under authority? What do I do? I, 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 I I say to one, go, and he go, see, if you if, if, if see the authority over my daughter, King, 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 King. King. Who, who are you to tell me to do such and such? Because you don't have authority. I don't have authority. Now listen, Bazalan. Our authority is dispensed through words. Okay? Words we, we declare. I'm going to do a series in December. On declare. I, uh, uh, I'm already there. Uh, declare. Our authority is dispensed through so we make declarations. So we speak. Alright. So there's a lot of speaking that we do. But let me focus on the speaking in prayer. We, we, we talk to God and invite God to intervene in the affairs of the world. Mm. We speak, and it's through the speaking and the talking to God, which we call prayer, that we expand the footprint of God's influence. The good thing with prayer is that it is boundaryless, it is limitless, it it, 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 it no distance affected. You you can bring God on a situation in Oslo being in South Africa. You can bring God on a situation in 2075 when you're praying in 2019. You can bring God's presence on any age group. You can pray for someone who is in, who's exposed themselves in evil. And it can build a hedge around them. Not knowing where they are. That's what God's given us. Prayer is one of the most dangerous weapons we have. But it's one of the things that is mostly misunderstood by people. People don't know what constitutes prayer. What are the elements of prayer? And so... I want to unpack that. I may just cover one point because we're almost... Oh, it's time up. Serious. I'll just go for seven minutes and we'll close. We did pray when we started. Ah. You want me to continue? All right. To me, it's almost like... If you don't have the right ingredients... For prayer, you're not gonna get the finished product. It's like when you are baking. If, if 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 you are baking and you, you, you use millimil instead of flour, no matter how sincere you are. You see, you see, we, we pray with sincerity. Mara, we are using millimil. So even if you are sincere, you are sincerely wrong. Look at your neighbors. I think he's talking about you. So let's look at the elements of prayer quickly. Several of them. I'm going to be for the next three days, today, tomorrow, and on on Thursday. Because on, 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 on Wednesday, rather. So it's today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. And on Thursday, we'll cover that thing. The first element of prayer is fervency fervency. These are elements of an effective prayer life. I want to have an effective prayer life. I want the devil to get nervous when I'm praying. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know that when I'm praying, things are going to change. It's not just any religious observance. It's not just being, you know, trying to tick the box that I prayed. No. I I want to pray and see things change. Can I hear an amen? amen? James chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. Let's have it up on the screen, please. James chapter 5, verse 16 to verse 18. Confess your trespasses to one another and do what? Oh, I can hear you. And do what? Do what? Pray for one another that you may be yes. Can I just stop there? Can you see in the way the scriptures are declared, there's no doubt. It doesn't say, confess your faults to one another, pray for one another, that maybe you might be healed if God so wants. You know, it's amazing when Jesus, when the Bible talks about prayer, Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Oh. Knock and the door shall be opened. Yay! Non gabazing, no no doubting. Then it says the second part the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, before let's clear up this righteous part because some of you you think you are not righteous. Some of you you, 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 you don't feel righteous. I like the way you're looking at me. Yeah? <laughs> I like it. The word righteous is a legal term. You know, it used to confuse me, righteous. I, 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 I would picture somebody, oh, you know, like Baro Mohalla lady. You know, I, I used to picture something that's glowing. You know, you, you are holy. There must be some righteous. There must... Then I found out the word righteous is a legal term. The word righteous means right standing. In other words, you you have a right standing. You are not wrong. You are right. Or you are on the right side of the law. That's what it means. And because you are on the right side of the law, you deserve to have certain privileges. Are you here, Basil? When you sign a contract, there, there's, a, there's a thing at the bottom that's called terms and conditions. Right? So the contract does work predicated on you following and listening to the terms and conditions. If you, if you, if you fulfill the terms and the conditions, then you, you have a right standing with the insurance company and you can get what rightfully belongs to you. Mama Elane, it rightfully belongs to you. you. They're not doing you a favor. No, it is yours. This is borrowed from the practice in those days where they had royalty. Kings who ruled. If you've ever watched some of the old movies, you'll know that a king had the prerogative to call certain people to have audience with him. But if you wanted to have audience with the king, you needed to be given the privilege to approach. And the king would always carry a stick called a scepter. And when you read about Jesus, it talks about Jesus having the scepter of Righteousness. This is how it works. Wait, this is how it works. You go to the buckler. You say, I'd love to see the king. And the buckler takes you to the king. And says, stand over there. Your majesty. Here is Manlyangosi. <laughs> Manle Kosi from Kata He is requesting audience with you. Now the king could decide to say yes or no. Let's assume on that day the king is in the right mood. And so the king then says, Yes, Manle Kosi can approach. Now you don't go all the way. So and Kosi comes and you stand there. Fall down. Yeah, it's a king. You, you people, you don't have respect. You fall down. And the king says, Stand up, Mandelian Kosi. Oh, raise yourself, Mandelian Kosi. And he takes that scepter and points at you. Say, Mandelian Listen. You have a right to approach. You have a right standing with me. Mandlengosi, you are righteous. Mamela, mamela, mamela. Righteous is not what you do; is what is imputed. Righteousness is imputed. It's not based on what you've done. It's based on the one who decides to declare you to be having a right standing (laughs) second corinthians 5 21 let's have it up on the screen second corinthians 5 21 oh jesus for he made him for us, uh, that we, 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 do we have any ways in the house? I said, do we have any ways in the house? He made him, when Jesus went on the cross, when he hung on the cross, he came in as your substitute. He came in as the one who comes in your place because of our sin, because of our wrong, because of our right, unrighteousness, because of everything. We were on the wrong side of God. We were unrighteous. We didn't have a right standing with God. But Jesus said, I will go in your place. Jesus said, I will go and suffer in your place. So he goes on the cross. Not only does he carry my sin, he becomes sin for us. We can I hear the we say hallelujah Hallelujah. that we might become the righteousness of God, Mamelan. In Him, hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. The word in Him is also borrowed. It's borrowed from farming. When they farm, particularly with trees, if you want to bring a tree from another country and, and, and bring it to your country, you take a, you take a branch of that tree And you come to your country to a tree that already exists. It's already planted. It is already alive. And you make an incision on its stem. Uh, And you take the branch and you put it in the tree. (laughs) And when you put it in the tree, That branch begins to draw the life from the tree. That branch is alive because the stem is alive. Oh, the same life in the stem flows into the branch. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches, every branch in me, every branch in me. Listen, on that day when you received Jesus Christ, not only were you born again, you were taken and you were put inside of Christ. On that day when you got born again, God pointed a scepter of righteousness and says, you have a right to approach. Elijah. was a righteous man. Let's go back to the scripture. It is the the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man. Hmm. So we've already established without any shadow of a doubt. We have proved conclusively that these righteous people is the ones who are sitting here tonight. Oh, somebody shout here tonight. And everybody who has called on the name of Jesus, everybody who has said, Jesus, come into my heart. God has thrust a scepter of righteousness to you. You have a right to approach. You have a right to ask. You have a right to be listened to. You have a right for your prayers to be heard. God says, call upon me. Yeah. The effective... Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me read you in the, another translation. This is one of the best translations, and I'm glad one of our church members went and got this translation. If you are able to get it, we we it. Amazon. If you want to go on the internet, Amazon.com. You'll get this translation, it's called the Warrell translation. W O R R E L. panda Do you have the oral translation? <laughs> have you got? You don't have the oral translation, How For a while you were just. Hmm? another. Bless them. The righteous people about <laughs> you. That's that. Now, this is how the oral translation reads. And I'm going to ask you guys at the back to prepare me the Amplified Bible afterwards. Eri. And I'm, verse 16. Eri. A righteous man's inwrought supplication avails much. A righteous man in Supplication avails much. One talks about fervency. I want to talk about that a little bit. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man. Who do I verse 17? Elijah was a man like us. So is he just clear born? Elijah was like you. Huh? What do I He prayed earnestly, fervently. He prayed, Mara, he prayed earnestly, fervently that it should not rain. And it did not rain on earth for three years and six months. Verse 18, and again, he prayed and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth its fruit. Mara, Mara, Elijah was like you. In other words, whatever Elijah did, The thing fell, he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly. He knew he has the right of approach. He knew a something has been stretched out to him. And when you know, Bazalana, that the something has been stretched out to you, that's why the book of Hebrews says it doesn't say just crawl up to God. Come with the heart of his Huh? you come on a week at Ankara you don't deserve I don't understand some of you I'll interpret for you in Oslo what they are saying in English it's very hard to interpret in English I'll say it is so too oh my god that's what it means there I'm just coming to you as a nobody and a nothing <laughs> as a worm <laughs> hey how many of you are sitting next to your room tonight? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, hello, where <laughs> You see, people come to God with a religious spirit. A religious spirit is trying to coax God into the right mood to give it what it's looking for. We don't need a religious spirit. We don't need the we don't need the spirit of we don't need to have the spirit of go next door. You know, a child from next door they can't boldly ask for something that's in the refrigerator because they know they don't have a right standing. When it's your home, you don't even ask; you just take. Uh, The Bible says, "Therefore, come boldly, come boldly, come boldly." of grace to come in and, and, and obtain mercy and get help uh, come boldly come just open the refrigerator and get because you have a right to it can I hear a name man in the house come boldly stop running yourself down oh no you don't deserve it it's wrong prayer, Pastor in Oslo, my friend. It's all wrong prayer. You know that. Older... When you are in your home, you don't do that. You don't go to the fridge and say, "Oh, refrigerator, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve the yogurt. I don't know if I can have the coke. Oh God, please help me. Make my faith stronger so that I can have the coke. Oh, oh." You just you just open, you just sometimes you even eat other people's food. That's how bold you are. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Somebody say, come boldly. boldly. So Elijah prayed. He got what he got. Because his prayer was not only effective, it was fervent. Now, as I close, let me let me define. What does the word fervent mean? Fervent. The word fervent in Romans 12:11. In the original it means to be hot. Okay, for you young people to be hot. <laughs> to be hot. <laughs> It means to boil. To boil. I'm I'm, I'm leading somewhere, was The strongest exhaustive concordance of the Bible adds this. It says figuratively it means to be earnest. Earnestness. You know when you want something with a passion? You know? When you really want something with a passion, Fervency is what we need in prayer. It's exemplified by Epaphras. When he prayed for the Christians in Colossae, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul says about Epaphras, he's laboring fervently for you, Colossians, in prayers. That expression laboring fervently indicates a striving or a wrestling. When you pray, don't be passive. You must desire with a hot burning passion. And you must want what's rightfully yours. Now watch, we're not wrestling with God. God doesn't want to keep it from you. Also, God wants to know that you really are serious about it. to be fervent. I get concerned sometimes when I listen to people pray and they are so passive. Now I'm not necessarily talking about making noise, but it does involve a little bit of being noisy. Some of you, you are too nice. You, 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 you are too nice when you pray. It's almost like you, you're you not desperate. Listen, if, 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 you're, if you're going with your child, let's assume you have your two-year-old child. Let's assume, even if you don't have them. Just imagine for now. And you're crossing this road. And as you cross the road, right, then they, they kind of, you know, uh, run, get out of your grip and run into the middle of the road. And then you see a taxi coming at 120 kilometers per hour towards your child. Huh? Eh? let's give the child the name. What what do we call the child's name? Yeah, Mang, Mang. So so Mang, give me an easy name. Yeah, I say Mang Limkos. I Mang Mang Limkos. But Mang Limkos is come high. We've used Mang Limkos. Give us another name. Huh? Eh? Po. No, Araba tell us to suit you, but Araba Araba. Huh? So that's 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 a that's a nice one. I want one that is very active. Yeah, Makoloi. That's another name. Mom? Mom? Pumi, Tumi. <n-n-pumi>? All right. Now let's call this child Tumi. They've given him so many names. Is there a Tumi there? Forgive. Now just imagine, myself. yeah, you're crossing the road. All right, And to me, bru runs into the and then you see a car coming. Some of you, the way you pray, you would go to me, Koliyeev. That's, that's how you pray, some of you. That's how you pray. To me, a car is coming. To me, To me, you're going to be involved in an accident, to me, to me. Never. That's Some of you that's how you pray. That's what God hears. You know, just to me. To me. To me. Please to me. I never. Oh, never. When you see a car coming. To me. Hey, yeah. wanna? Listen to me. Listen to me. When your heart is on fire, and you know something must change, and you can see danger is on the way, and you want to avert that danger, you 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 lay aside who is sitting next to you. You don't care who's looking at you. You don't care. Can I hear a amen? man? This is a praying that will make you go on your knees that will make you go on your stomach this is a kind of praying where you will forget who sitting this side because a guy is coming to knock you me down, I've got to save to me that's the prayer that the king wants to hear from you the one who has a right standing children are far from you. God, my husband is not serving you. God, they're telling me I'm going to lose my job. God, there's somebody who is attacking my home. The devil tunnel. Who's my home. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Get some fire into your spirit. Oh Jesus. I remember 1979. This will lead into the second point, but we will cover it tomorrow. I'll cover it now, but cover it tomorrow. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm saying. (laughs) I was so burdened by the state of our spiritual lives as young people in our youth club. 1979, 78, 79 that there was this weight that I carried in my heart. To an extent that, literally, I lost all joy and my face was so sad. Because in here, I was dissatisfied with what I saw. I wasn't filled with the spirit yet. I wasn't filled with the spirit yet. We'll take on that tomorrow. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I remember as I knelt down to pray, it was like an eruption. It was like a tsunami. I, I, I wasn't ready for that. It didn't just go for a day. It went for almost six months. In fact, it lasted a year. Such an intensity. Such a fervency. And today I listen to people pray. And I realize they're not desperate. To me, it's not crossing the street with a car coming, not desperate. That's why people can be half-hearted. It's almost like you have to, you know, you do something to get them to pray. But you see, when things are falling apart, and you know the only way for it to turn is for God to intervene that woman who came to Jesus who was not even an Israelite she was not a Jew but she came to get something for her child and she was not going to go home empty handed Is that kind of praying where nothing is going to stop you no comment is going to stop you, nobody taking your seat is going to stop you from finding another seat to pray not a puncture will stop you not a speed trap will stop you no rain will stop you, no cold will stop you. No sickness will stop you, no disease, no amount of fatigue will stop you. You you got a fervency in your heart, you, you're gonna get it. This woman comes to Jesus, says, Jesus, my child is not well. Jesus says, I'm not gonna take the children's bread and give it to dogs. If it was some of you, not, oh um and That's when you are you when you're not desperate. So when you're not desperate, you get offended by small things. Some of you, you are easily offended. Easily offended. Easily offended. And on the other side of your offense is an answer from God. I'm telling you. Yeah, easily offended. When you're desperate, you you don't care what they call you. You don't care how they treat you. I've got to get what I'm looking for. When you're really desperate, it doesn't matter how cold it is. It doesn't matter how far you have to go. It doesn't matter what time you have to get there. It doesn't matter even how you get there. If it means you walk, you walk. If it means you hike, you hike. You will get there when you're desperate. Yeah. You know when you're desperate and you're looking for answers and you heard about so and so on the other side of the South Africa? Yeah, you spend a lot of money going to them. Even if you didn't have a car, you got there, you crossed the border. And when you got there, you paid a lot of money, a lot, a lot. Whatever they said, 20,000, 50,000, you paid it. They told you at night, you must go stand in the garden and be naked. You were desperate, you stood there naked, naked like a banana, just naked. I mean, really. That's what desperation does. They told you to drink something. You didn't even ask if it was healthy. You didn't ask what was in it. You drank it. Look at you. Look how nice you are today. Look how particular you are today. Look how sensitive you are. That's why I know when people don't have desperation anymore, prayer doesn't matter anymore. The things of God don't matter anymore. Worship doesn't matter anymore. Commitment doesn't matter anymore. See, when you're desperate, there's none, nothing that can stand in your way. Years ago, I met a friend of mine. this lady i can 't call her a friend, but you know we used to be in the same class with her. Yeah, she was a friend for a bit. <laughs> I was used to her. so many years later, I met this lady. I bumped into her actually in, in, the, in some of the area I saw it here. And, you know it's been years i hadn 't seen her, and she got married quite early, this lady you know, and I struck her she 's married, she has a child, and then she 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 went into. Some church, you know, and they were very argumentative about. So we were arguing about doctrine. So there we are, you know. We were arguing, and she was saying this, and I was saying this, and I saying. And her child ran into the street whilst we were talking. Now I'm talking to her. All of a sudden, I just saw her eyes get big. Now, high it was on a Sunday. She she was beautiful. She would, I mean. You know, when you, when you are wearing those things, you know, you ladies, when you have the Now you don't run. You must walk, and you must swing when you walk. <laughs> Anybody knows what I'm I there? Can't, I can't walk like you. I can't walk like you. I'm not a lady, but you must swing. You know, they give you a swing, 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 swing. swing. Or oh, you are not swinging, some of you. I'll show you how to walk, ladies. If you don't know how to walk, I'll show you how the right way to work when you're wearing stilettos, You swing, swing, swing. And then they must keep the upper body still. And when you look, you look like this. And you don't smile, eh? All of a sudden, this lady, I tell you, she held her dress, screaming. I don't remember what the child's name was. Her back hanging. She, I've never seen that. She ran into the street. To go and grab the child. And you know she left. She never even came back to finish the conversation. She left. Ever since she left several years ago. I haven't met her since. (laughs) I've never seen a lady run like that. That's desperation right there. That's desperation right there. Let me have my verse in the Amplified Bible as I close. Let me have my verse. James chapter 5. I said I want it in the Amplified Bible. Let's have it up on the screen. Even on the big screen. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Watch. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working your praying brings the power to bear your praying brings god on the scene your praying introduces chemical reaction when things were stable, when everything was normal, when everything was going downhill, when everything was getting destroyed this heartfelt continued prayer of this righteous person made tremendous power available. It wasn't raining but when you prayed, it started raining the church was dead, but when you prayed, the church came alive. They were not walking in healing, but when you prayed, the healing came. They were demon possessed, but when you prayed, the demons left. It makes great tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. When you pray, the power of God goes into action and starts to interact and interweave and get into a situation. Just like when you pour a product in something and that product begins to work its way into the system and begins to get into the system and it starts changing everything from the inside and you don't see it on the outside but it has gotten into the system. It has begun to change things in the system. Ever hey, Begin to pray for your home. Even if it doesn't change today, the prayer has gone into the system. Begin to pray for your church. Even if it doesn't change today, the prayer has gone into the system. Can I hear an amen in this house? Please don't take the verse away. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. That power is potentially there. But only activated by your prayer. Just like a loaded gun. Loaded with power. Waiting for someone to pull the trigger. When you pray, you pull the trigger. It's the prayer that releases the inherent dynamic power that's inside is the prayer. And many people don't pray and wonder why things are not changing. You didn't activate the change through your praying. My desire is that as we continue to pray tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, that you'll begin to activate certain things. (laughs) You know what I like about this? (laughs) No matter how long things have been stagnant, And inactive. When you initiate the process. It's just like a seed, you know. You you can take a seed and and put it on a shelf for years. It sits there. But inside, that seed is carrying life. (laughs) That seed. In the words of Dr. Mars Monroe... Carries potential. It's life that. As yet. Is to be revealed. It's ability that can become. That seed carries possibility. And when you take that seed. And put it into the soil. God has designed a seed that the minute it comes into contact with the soil and the minute it gets moisture, all of a sudden the seed changes form and it starts to release what's on the inside of it. That's what I learned when I became pastor of the church. You want things to change? Start activating through prayer. Instead of complaining that this is not happening, that's not happening, go on your knees. You have a right to approach. Come boldly. The scepter has been pointed in your direction. And get, come and find, come boldly, come with a burning passion, a heartfelt, earnest, continued, fervent prayer. And when you do that, you start activating. Finally, The other day when I was leading prayer in the morning. The five o'clock prayer. I'm not able to go every time. I go as and when. As I was sharing with them. And it has happened so much recently. Supernaturally God brought back to my mind. The times of prayer I spent in 1980. Bible school. I don't know why in my life. But the months of. September. And November. Always carry something significant spiritually for me. Now I'm not going to make a doctrine out of it. And I'm not saying it's every year. But many significant things have happened in these two months in my life. And I'll never forget the prophecy God gave me on the 18th of November, 1980. It's a very long prophecy. Over the years, I've seen that prophecy. Different aspects of it come to pass. You know, I've learned something, Gazelan and I. I'm just going into the prophetic a bit for now. I've learned something how God works. That when God speaks to you, you... You, you, you can understand what he's saying and, and assume that it's going to happen within a certain time in a certain way and maybe even believe it has happened, but I found that some things that God says have got several layers of the same thing. Several layers that yes, it has happened on the one level but there's another level of it and another level of it. And and I began to see that I was praying for this. Yeah. I was praying for a church like this. A church that's vibrant, has a passion for God, where the uncompromised gospel is declared. Jesus, a church where the rain is falling and the heavens are open remember in 1980 <laughs> I was a 19 year old boy from Dutch Reformed Church our church that I went to sits about 200 people at the most, if not less. I hadn't had a mental image of a church larger than that. No, a church that operates in the way we operate. <laughs> but it was vision born on my heart as I was on my knees. And I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. And I remember praying in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit. And I wrote down this prophecy. And in this prophecy, God said, you're going to travel the nations of the world. I'm 19 years old. I don't even have a church. <laughs> I don't even have a passport. <laughs> Your prayer can go Many years ahead of you. Your prayers make tremendous power available. Your prayers activate. You can unlock your future. Through prayer. And when people are prayerless. Then you have to battle through life. there's no dynamic power of God that comes to your aid. You have to make it work in your strength, in your power. You have to use your wisdom. You have to battle it through. But when the tremendous power, the dynamic power has been made available, then things work out. And as I've looked, how in the last few months, man, Some things God said, see that? Remember this? See that? See that? Say, yeah. Sometimes I go back and I read it again. Yeah. Imagine. What is born on your knees? Imagine the amount of power. Imagine how you activate and bring the power to bear and invite God on the scene. Bring God on the situation. And the more God comes on the situation, the more the footprint of dominion expands and extends. I see you being that woman. I see you being that man. I see you being that child. I see you being that young person. I see you being that pastor. It's been happening recently as I've been home. It's come back more now. I've known things by the Spirit before I came here. Yesterday in the 7 o'clock service, we were dedicating children of several of our pastors. And as I was at home, the Lord said to me, pray for couples who can't conceive. So I called my bishop, and, my and we prayed for couples. And wife, I don't know if you noticed it, Maban. The men were the ones who were falling down. Did you, you saw that, man? Hello? And there were more men than women. I didn't, I didn't see. I didn't realize well, there were more men than women. So you know the men never fall under the power. <laughs> By a muscle on that. <laughs> God was slaughtering them yesterday. I mean, that anointing as we prayed, the women were falling too, but the men were full. But these things are born here. If you are a prayerless pastor, you'll be the most miserable pastor. The work of God is done not by might, not by power. spend hours. Please, 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 please. Hours. There's times when it's just been fellowship with God. But there are days when it moves into other dimensions. And you don't tell God when that day should be. Yours is to keep the earnestness and the passion. I can preach till tomorrow. I think I'm going to stop right here. Listen, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I hear the Lord say, a new level, a new level, behold a new level, a new level of knowing a new level of understanding, a new level of discerning, a new level of operating. Yes, a new level of anointing. Yes, another dimension of prayer where the power will be released and the spirit will flow and the word will go into action. And the tremendous, active, dynamic power will change and transform. Yes, a new level. A new level, I declare, in your life, says the Lord. A new level of praying, I declare. Yes, even as you pray, there will be an anointing that will come upon your life like never before. Even for those of you who have walked in that anointing, there will be a new level, a stronger level, a stronger anointing. Yes, and I'll raise you up to be a prayer warrior. And I'll raise you up to pray about things that have been stagnant and those things will change and those things will move. And destinies will be transformed. Lives will be remolded again. That which is broken will be fixed. The walls that have been broken will be built up again. Foundations that have been destroyed will be built up again. And yes, the day of the supernatural and the day of the miraculous and the day of the exploits of God will once more be seen. No longer will people walk in dryness. No longer will people walk in seasons where nothing is happening. No longer will people walk in the desert. But of course they will walk in a place watered by God where the spirit of the Lord and the power of God flows in ways that cannot be measured. A new day. A new day and a new level is here. And it's upon you today. So says the Spirit of the Lord. Raise your hands for a while and just pray in the Holy Ghost. There's an anointing.